Five nights away from SummerSlam, the final go-home SmackDown is in the books, and it is time for the Wrestling Inc. post-SmackDown podcast. I'm your host tonight, Justin LaBar, being joined by the man that keeps it all moving, Mr. Raj Gary. Raj, how are you? Good, man. How are you? Good to be talking to you. And, of course, what would a SmackDown review be without the blueprint, Mr. Matt Morgan? Mayor, how are you? It would be good. That's how it would be. (laughs) That's how it would be? Yeah. All right, well, let's not waste any time. Uh, some interesting news stories we'll get to. Obviously, a, a packed two hours of SmackDown. I think overall, a pretty decent SmackDown for a go-home show. Definitely left you uh, with some things to to be interested in for Sunday. And we kick off with one of the novelty grudge matches with Charlotte Flair going up against Trish Stratus. Charlotte comes out, cut her promo, uh, talk about the, the athletes today, the females of the generation, uh, far superior to the Trish Stratus era. Trish comes out. Uh, talks, you know, mentions Harley Race. Talks about wanting to perform in front of her kids, be under that, those lights one more time. Charlotte says it's going to be a nightmare. We do get some uh, a little aggression from Trish, a little slap in the face, and we leave it there. Matt Morgan, you excited about Charlotte versus Trish? Yes, yeah, I am. I, I thought, yeah, and I thought this was. I actually thought this was one of the best things on the show. I thought Charlotte's mm-hmm. promo was really good. She came across like a star. This feels like two stars going at it, and. A lot of the other stuff on the show didn't quite feel like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I thought both women uh, handled themselves well on the mic. You know, I, I thought it was just about the right time. Um, you know, I mean, this is obviously that this is just strictly new generation versus old generation bragging rights. Obviously, both. In, in, I mean, Trish still in phenomenal shape. Uh, I don't even know what, how old she is, but she's had kids. She looks tremendous. Obviously, Charlotte always the athlete. So I, I think for a grudge fans, it's kind of a little bit random, a little out of nowhere. How the way it the way it came about. Uh, I am probably more excited to see this match than I was a week ago, and that's obviously the goal uh, as we're approaching the show. One of the other grudge matches, talk about out of nowhere, is uh, that of Dolph Ziggler versus Goldberg. Now, I was uh, here in Pittsburgh at Raw last night when they made it official with Goldberg. Goldberg got a pretty decent pop, which was significant, considering the last time we saw him, he was getting uh, uh, heavy critique from the WWE Universe. Dolph Ziggler comes out. He's going to have a match against Rey Mysterio. He comes out to the Goldberg music, does the full-on entrance, which I thought was great. Uh, just completely sideswipes Mysterio before the match even starts, and then also that eventually stems into a match against Ali. Guys, I mean, they they you know after 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 Dolph getting punked out verbally by Goldberg just with the Who's Next, and then getting Sweet Chin music. Uh, are you happy with them trying to redeem Dolph tonight and build him up uh, ahead of this match Sunday? I don't think it's enough. No one's gonna no one thinks is gonna confuse Dolph Ziggler with uh, being the winner of this match anytime soon. Nick Hausman, Miss Nick Hausman on our Wrestling Inc. Uh, Winkley today, trying to make the case to me that what if Dolph beats Goldberg and the long-term payoff is Dolph versus Shawn Michaels, which I said, put your money where your mouth is. No, no. It yeah. should, that should happen. That is how they should use Goldberg here, but that is not what's going to happen. But even then, just using it for Shawn, you still use him for, uh, you no, know, to, to get build Dolph a younger star. Period. Yeah. yeah. Well, in X's and O's, how the hell does Dolph beat Goldberg? I mean, what does he pull the Bret Hart in Toronto, put a steel plate under his shirt, and have every Goldberg one of spear? us, every single one of us, big guys, are susceptible to going to sleep to a super kick? Every one of us. Diesel put when Diesel listen when Diesel put it over to Shawn Michaels back in the day. From that moment on, that was a switch killer. Fair enough. Yeah, I mean. Um... I mean, you've seen Roman lose to smaller guys a lot. Goldberg is a different animal, just with his aura and everything. I can't. I don't think we've ever seen him lose to a smaller guy. I'm I, again. I have no doubt that Goldberg would do business, do whatever. 
Um, I mean, if it were me and I'm booking this, I'd build it, you know, to be pretty competitive, uh, not a long match, build it to be pretty short. And at the end, Miz interferes, costing Dolph the match. If, you know, if, I mean, because you don't beat Goldberg here. And uh, you just see how the crowd reacts to him. I mean, they, they love him. He had the loudest reaction, I'd say, tonight, too, of anyone on the show. And that includes Kevin Owens. So, um, but wow. I'd like to see them move on with Goldberg and eventually have him put a younger town over. I mentioned last night someone like a Drew McIntyre, uh, because Dolph. I mean, Dolph's. I hate to say it, but he's a great he's a great talent. But he's been so misused over the years that if you're going to have someone beat Goldberg, have someone that you could really put the rocket strap to. Well, I agree. And uh, what, what would the point of Dolph Ziggler be? And like, like Matt said to Nick Houseman's point, I, I mean, you know, that, yeah, that'd be great if they're going to get Sean back in the ring and they're going to build Dolph up for the next uh, months. But I don't, I don't see it being. So yeah, I guess, I guess that's the question: is what's the business they're trying to accomplish here? Is it, is it to redeem Goldberg's credibility? Obviously, Goldberg, literally, that's all. Just to redeem him from that performance? Yes. That's what it seems like to me. Um, no, that is what it is. It's but but I'm sh- yeah, but I'm sure. Take your comeback if you don't think Goldberg put in a phone call. You're nuts. No, but do you think? Uh, but WWE would say, okay, yeah, we would like Stabbing. to have you back, but ha- like let's they're, do five more dates or something. Like they're going like, to for the Rumble, WrestleMania, Rumble. You know, maybe. Yeah. And for this one, they're going to say, keep it short and sweet, and don't headbutt the freaking door. <laughs> don't and don't run in the post. <laughs> Jesus, uh, you know I'm a big Goldberg mark from the from the '90s. I, you know when the when the Monday Night Wars were hot, um, I always will remember his match with Hulk Hogan at the Georgia Dome. So I, I hated seeing Goldberg going out like that. So part of me, just with the '90s fan in me, is happy to see uh, you know him possibly going out, most likely going out. On I hated his entire WWE run as a huge Goldberg mark. Huge, same as you know, same as everybody. I think, I think everybody was. Um, but he was real big one. Um, the so last one with Brock? He was a Brock? big influence on me. Um, yeah, I mean, well, okay, that was well, that was well done. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah. But in general, come on. We never saw the WCW Goldberg no. in WWE. No, we just didn't. Yeah, when they put... Even backstage <laughs> entrance was screwed up. Yeah, his first appearance, he comes out in, like, jeans and a jacket. Uh, this was, you know, back in 2000, what was it, 2002. Goldust puts his wig on Goldberg in the backstage. Segment. I mean, yeah, they, they botched it completely. But his last one was much better. They definitely never brought back WCW Goldberg. They didn't do that with Sting either. But I, well, did I think mean, they did a better job in the last one. When he, when he beat Lesnar in the fashion that nobody beat Lesnar, that looked yeah. like old Goldberg. But then he gave it right back at Mania and lost right back to him. So it kind of just, you know, 50-50. Like, if you're booking this match, Matt, if you're booking Goldberg versus Dolph here, do you let it be straight 90 seconds, hit the signature moves, or do you let Dolph do some cat and mouse? Do you try to draw something out of this? <clears throat> I told I told you I, I let the younger talent win. The talent that's coming back next week, I would have win. But, right. yeah, so I can't answer that question. I, I, I just don't think Goldberg should be going over. Josh? Um, I, what was the question? I'm sorry about that. If you're booking this, I mean, do you do the 90-second Goldberg signature moves, or, or do you have Dolph, Cat, and Mouse that try to str- string this out a little bit? Yeah, I think, like, the reason, I, I feel like it doesn't, uh, it, it doesn't uh, redeem, redeem his, yeah, his performance at Undertaker to do, against Undertaker to do a 90-second squash. I think you got to go a little longer. I think you do some false finishes, give Dolph, you know, the hope spots. Maybe Dolph cheats, whatever it is to look like he can beat Goldberg, some false finishes, maybe have the Miz interfere. So it's not uh, uh, completely a, a one-sided affair. But, yeah, I think you go like, you know, maybe like seven minutes tops, eight. Um, 
But just let me ask you this because you were there last night. I was there that night that Goldberg came back way, you know, uh, this was what, 2016, 2015, before the Brock Lesnar match. It was in Denver at that Raw. Yeah. Place went absolutely nuts. Uh, Governor Hickenlooper, who's running for president now, was on his feet just chanting Goldberg. He was in the front row. Um, it, I mean, he gets like a superstar reaction that you don't see many people get nowadays. Uh, what was it like last night when you were there? Well, people were people were anticipating it. Uh, I, I did post a video people can check out on my Twitter at Justin Labar, yeah, and, and and it's you know yeah people were anticipating there was already Goldberg chance. People kind of felt that that he was coming so. You know, it wasn't like a complete out of nowhere surprise. But again, I'm just going off of people I can hear. And I was at ringside, so all the sounds coming at me. I'm sure there were, you know, kids and just whoever that were like, oh, my God, Goldberg wasn't advertised for this show. This is the, you know, so everybody walked away happy. They didn't do a dark match or anything last night after all. So everybody went away happy. You know, I stayed at a hotel nearby. I saw I saw kids of all different ages buzzing about it. I saw parents. So, you know, it was well received. So, again, you know. And I even heard some parents talk about, like, you know, guys that obviously were regular fans say, like, yeah, like, this this match needs to be better than the last one he had. So, I mean, people, it seems like from, just from that small focus group are excited and hoping that they can forget about the last match they saw and let this be the new memory. Yeah, and just a real quick point on that, just because it did seem like when they were teasing Shawn Michaels, it seemed like the crowd was almost, they weren't that into it, you know? And uh, I don't, I don't know if they just knew it was a swerve coming, or but as soon as Sean said it wasn't him, they popped, and that's yeah. when the Goldberg chance started. So it almost seems, I don't know. Well, I mean, to be fair, I mean, again, I think if, I mean, if, if they did say it's Sean Michaels, I think people probably would have popped. I just don't think anybody really is expecting that right now. So, mm-hmm. um, is what it is. Uh, so we move on. Uh, we end up going to uh, what they build as the exclusive interview with Roman Reigns, uh, Kayla Braxton. <laughs> sitting down with the hard-hitting journalism of the have asking Roman how he's doing, and, and he talks about what a year it's been. But obviously the true point of the conversation is when she gets to, I think, question number three, which is the, the who done it, who do you think did it? Uh, and he really didn't have – I mean, it really really wasn't much of an answer. I think, I think this whole segment, Raj, was pretty much just to kind of remind people that this is an ongoing storyline, and stay tuned. we got more coming here. <laughs> Matt, we talked about this last night. What do you think? <laughs> It's they managed to put a uh, situation with Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns, an angle, not meaningless, but corny and 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 away from me not to care about it. They managed to pull this off. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, and and we were talking about this last night. I love when you do mystery angles and and keep people uh, waiting. You know, having reveals and people waiting till next week. Now, there's a lot of bad ones, like Kevin Nash texting himself. Uh, you know, uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> being the higher power. But you've had a lot of good ones. Hulk Hogan, the third man. Um, you know, some of the best wrestling angles have been where there's a surprise and yes. a mystery element going into it. So I love that. The fact that they're doing. Two months worth of angles in this last seven days, pretty much, yeah. you know, with you starting the attacks and doing the reveal and not even leading announcing a match with a pay-per-view coming up in five days. Right. I just thought this whole thing was just um, and, and then the angles that they shot looked corny as hell. I mean, the, the, the box is falling. The car looked better. But, you know, again, when they do the, the cut, the cut camera angles and then the car is completely fine after they're done. Um, it's just the execution is. Oh, oh you no, you noticed that too, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it, 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 I feel like they feel it's important. That's what it feels like to me. Yeah, what, it's no quality control in filming these, which sucks because I love a classic Who Done It. I love the you know 
you know, it's Colonel Mustard with a candlestick in, in, the, in the kitchen type thing here. And I like the fact that even with Roman Reigns, a guy who's done literally everything, you know, mm-hmm. that, they're, that they're trying to take some new approach, just some different approach. Not, it's not original, obviously, but just something different for him. But you guys are right. It, I, don't, I don't even mind the, the boxes falling. I don't mind the car spot, never mind continuity. Like, I, that, that stuff was fine. But, yeah, it just – and, and, and I'm fine with them going into SummerSlam – Having not yet revealed it, and, and not even and not even being a match at SummerSlam, but yet a segment. But yet the way they ended SmackDown tonight, which we'll get to, and it's kind of like we got the reveal, but okay, why? And like I'm supposed to tune into SmackDown or SummerSlam to hear why? It's it, it has it, it has came off after watching tonight. It has come off as a a botched opportunity of what could have just been very simple and, and and fun to pull off. Which again, the classic mystery angle. Yeah, and do the reveal after SummerSlam. <laughs> Your go-home angle is something not on the card or not advertised for the show. Yeah. Um, I mean, I just think it's it's just a kind of a waste. I mean, if you are doing Daniel Bryan versus Roman Reigns, wouldn't you advertise that? Wouldn't you advertise that on Raw, your A show that has the most viewers? Um, so I hope they're not doing Roman and Daniel Bryan. I don't care if they do Roman against Rowan, but um, I think that'd be a complete waste if they still do Roman and Daniel Bryan at SummerSlam. Just announcing it yeah. on Twitter. And how does this tie into Dan O'Brien's career announcement they kept teasing? If it even does, I don't even know. They referenced it again. Tonight, so. <laughs> so I'm not sure. I, I think that's going to be forgotten within a couple of weeks. Well, one thing not to forget is uh, our wonderful sponsor tonight for the Smackdown, uh, post-Smackdown podcast, which is Wix. Everybody, you need a website. It, it's 2019. Everybody needs a website. My, my, my goofy neighbor with the, with the cat that he's always taking pictures of, he's got the, the cat's got a website. So you've got to go to Wix.com. And that's where you can create your podcast. Over a hundred and, or excuse me, your website. Over one hundred and forty million people using Wix for their website needs. Uh, it's really easy. It's quick. You start and you can do it for free. Publishing your site, making it uh, public to everybody. They got over five hundred different templates that you can start from scratch. So whatever type of theme, whatever type of look you think you want, they got something for everybody. Uh, you customize, change it up however you need. Text, images, videos. Um, you know they have built-in SEO tools. So if you're not familiar with that. Uh, search engine optimization. So if you're trying to get your site uh, found by the appropriate search terms and the appropriate people, they have tools that help you with that. Uh, desktop or mobile, it's convenient for that. Uh, it's got plenty of things. I mean, there's so many, so many business-related tools. Raj, I know you have a lot of experience on the business side, but people can go to wix.com slash podcast. That's wix.com slash podcast, and you can get 10% off if you want to get started right now. Go on to that link that we just gave you. Yeah, we've, I've mentioned on this podcast many a time, my, my wife, her yoga site's on it, and uh, another yoga company that she works for, their website's on it, and you know, it has built-in map features, so if, you, you know, if your customer uses Google Maps, they go to your website, they'll see exactly how they could get to your business from their house. I mean, it's got pretty much anything you can ask for, uh, for building your website, and it's fast. My wife hates technical uh, stuff. She doesn't want to deal with any of it. Um, and she how got, is she married she got, to you? <laughs> well, I, I don't like yoga stuff, so you know it's like the the yin and the yang. But uh, uh, she she built it within hours, so uh, definitely check it out. Wix dot com slash podcast. Wix dot com slash podcast. Get ten percent off. You heard it right here. Big thanks to them for supporting Wrestling Inc. and the Post SmackDown podcast. All right, gentlemen, let's keep it moving. Uh, we got the Challenger versus Challenger coming up here. Ember Moon going up against Natalia. Uh, this ends up ending by a countout with Natalia putting on the sharpshooter. Of course, she's going into a submission match against Becky Lynch, so you got to keep that sharpshooter over. They do that, but they manage to still get Ember Moon a victory in the record books. 
uh, by Natalia being counted. I think for challenger versus challenger, where you got to protect both, I think this is about as good as you can do while getting everything accomplished. Yeah, yeah, and it got the sharpshooter over. I right, thought. that was my main takeaway. Not wait, that. wait, didn't I thought it was a double countout? Em, uh, Ember actually won. We have they have it listed as, as Ember is the winner. Okay, well, either way, I thought at the end of that, I thought Ember looked weak. Um, I'm not saying Natalia shouldn't have done that, but she should have done it to somebody else, not in a title match this Sunday. Ember looked weak last week. She was beaten by Mandy and then laid out by Bailey. This week, she's you know attacked outside the ring, and her opponent has to come save her and just kind of shakes her. And I was like, hey, I thought it made Ember look mean. Uh, she's, I mean, weak. She's the challenger going in. Has no steam. Have Ember get a win here over somebody. You have all these women on the roster not doing anything. Um, so Raw versus SmackDown, though, you know what I mean. So like, they're always gonna same with the guy. Same with AJ Styles when he was a SmackDown champion. Um, his contenders for his title would go out there and do the job to whoever the contender would be for the Monday, you know, for Brock's championship, for instance, or or whatnot. Like it was, it's, they always tell us this. They always telegraph, you know, which of the two shows is the A and B show. It's what that's what it felt like to me. Um, I'm actually even surprised as crazy as this would be, is that Natalia did just didn't straight up beat her, actually. Yeah. That was my favorite. Yeah, that was my favorite. Smackdown. I, I saw, I, that's what I thought was going to happen, too. Um, yeah, I mean, you're exactly right, Matt. And we're two two months away from the moving of Fox. And, you know, the ratings are like under 2 million most weeks now. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, it's just you need to start strengthening this brand. Doing it in one week. You'll you'll pop a big rating for that one week, but if you want to like start a slow build to start reaffirming SmackDown as a show that you need to watch, you don't want to just start it at the last minute. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, Ember Moon is the lesser of the two threats of challengers. She's in the lesser profile of the two women's titles matches. So That's again, not problem. I know, but again, <laughs> but it could have been worse. It could have been just straight up beat Ember Moon. You know, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah. It, Right, but why even put him in this match? Why not have Ember beat somebody else? You could have Natalia do the same thing to somebody else as well. Stop talking SmackDown out. Right. You didn't, yeah, you didn't because we saw Natalia get over the night before on Raw with the Sharpshooter. You, you really didn't need. I mean, you could have just shown a quick ninety-second just package just to remind people this match is happening with her and, and Becky. You could have just had Ember win. Natalia needs this this steam on her, though. I do. I still think she needed a, a win tonight here, um, just because she's they, they, are, they are plucking her. You know, out of the gym bag, if you will, and, and 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 trying her out for size again, after how long before she was in years past or whatever it was, she was in title contention before. Right. You know, and, and so she's she, great so job. she's being, so Natty's being booked as a heel, but where she's going to go to Toronto Sunday, where things get flip flopped with when your heart. I mean, do you? Ex, I mean, do you expect anything here? I mean, do you? I mean, does she have a chance? Is what I'm asking you, Matt. To win? Yes, absolutely okay. not. I hope okay. so, but no. Okay. I don't see it either. For personal and, reasons, obviously, you hope, you know, you hope so, but no. Yeah, Natalia is great, but they don't have Becky lose by submission. Um, I heard you and Nick talking about doing a Montreal uh, a screw job in Toronto. I didn't bring it up. I did yeah, not I bring know. it up. <laughs> I don't. That's that's so passe. I think that's uh, and there's no storyline reason to do that with Becky. There's no McMahon she's feuding with right now, um, and it's Toronto, not Montreal. Um, I just see Becky beating Natalia clean here. I mean. Yes. She is their chosen one right now. So. Yeah, well, well, especially when Becky was just revealed to be on the cover. I mean, what are you going to do, take the title off of her days later? <laughs> I mean, they could remember when Rollins was revealed last year, and they didn't really do much with him that whole time. Uh-huh. He was losing to Dolph Ziggler every other pay-per-view. Oh. That is true. Can't fight the history there. <laughs> 
Well, you said uh, it's not like Natty's feuding with a McMahon or anything here. Um, we get Shane McMahon and Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens doing the KO show. He invites Shane McMahon. Uh, this uh, uh, this started weird to me. I like the way it ended. The dialogue went something like this for those of you who, who didn't watch SmackDown and are trusting these three wise men to re- refill you here. Uh, basically, the stipulation is KO is going to is going to quit if he loses. And KO basically just threw it out there and said, everybody's asking him, why isn't the stipulation also there that Shane has to quit if Shane loses? And, and basically, you know, basically Shane talks about how, you know, he's, you know, he doesn't, doesn't need to do that. And, and he kind of dances around it. He's a McMahon. Uh, KO, you know, says, Oh, you've just exposed that you're gutless despite all your death defying uh, maneuvers. Um, they basically just, but at the end of the dialogue, it settles with, uh, they did not change the stipulation. It still is what it started, which is KO is the only one who's putting his quote unquote career on the line, which I'm fine with because the way this segment went, KO is obviously going to go over. It's the same reason you don't ever have Triple H in a retirement match. These guys, as long as they're around, as long as they're in shape, you're never going to take them out of the. Uh, you're always going to keep that bullet there. You're, if you need a Triple H to fight a match, you're going to have Triple H fight a match. If you need Shane to do a match, Shane's going to do a match. So I'm not surprised that they're not putting Shane up uh, for the stipulation, but. Nonetheless, they did again. As your booking, Raj, your booking formula, Shane and Elias, uh, you know, they attacked the hell out of Kevin Owens. Brutal beatdown by Shane. It was done really well. Um, but of course, it's you know certainly scream. Ko is going to come back, and Shane's going to get his come up. Dude, what did you do? Did you eat Glenn tonight? Seriously, did you eat him for dinner? What? This is how it works. You go over the match. You say what happened in the match. You detail it. You throw it to me or Raj. We both battle it out on what our thoughts are, and you finish it. You just literally ate breakfast, lunch, and dinner about that match. We have now nothing to add to it. <laughs> Zero we have now to add to that match. You have yeah. more, you have more to add. Go ahead. You have more to <laughs> add. You give the encyclopedia version. I, I, you have got, more to add. I got zero to add to that. I, I will yeah. say, I, I got to say this. I, I was relieved that they didn't have Shane get goaded into accepting Kevin Owens' challenge because that would have made no sense. And every, how many times do we see them do it that way, right? Like someone's like, well, if you're, if you're a man, you'll accept, you know, you'll accept this step. And they'll be like, well, I'm not going to do it. He's like, well, you're a coward. And it's like, okay, well, then I will. Uh, they didn't do that this week, and it, it would have made no sense if Shane accepted it. Now, it would have been a lot more um, interesting if they had that step to begin with. Like, Owens had to quit, or if Owens won, he gets to name a new GM, or something like that that can make sense, and it, and it makes you more interested. Like, no one thinks Owens is uh, Owens is losing, right? Unless they do, like, a, a Mr. Canada gimmick where he comes back under a mask. But uh, I just think... But I did like this segment, and I thought it was a uh, a good way to build this match. Thanks for adding a lot there, Raj. Matt, you're up. <laughs> I got nothing. I've got zero. I, I enjoyed it. <laughs> How's that? I enjoyed it very much. It, yeah, of course he's not going to lose. All Mr. Right. Canada, that would be funny, though, <laughs> against McMahon. They did the Mr. America with Vince against it Vince. would. But here's the problem: you're gonna put Kevin, you're gonna chance putting Kevin Owens in that type of costume. No, I'm just, I'm totally kidding. Could you imagine? <laughs> Wouldn't no. be a great look. No. Um, but yeah, it is entertaining. He would look like a conquistador, or something, you know. Yes, yeah. he would. But um, he's entertaining as hell. I, I still think Shane though is still devaluing people somehow. I still don't get how that's possible. But he has been his entire heel run. Yeah. Minus Mrs. Dad. You got Mrs. Dad over. 
All right, well, we can expect a decent length out of this match as uh, Shane's known to go big for this. So maybe that's why they ended up uh, giving us a match uh, tonight on SmackDown rather than waiting until Sunday. And that's Sami Zayn versus Aleister Black. Favorite thing about this, and then I'll throw it to you guys, Aleister Black doing the quick promo as he rises up in his entrance. You thought that was cool? Yeah, I did. Yeah. that did, I can't believe we got this match. Like, do they just think Sami Zayn sucks or something? Like, I don't <laughs> get why they just – I thought this was – I would have paid money for this match. I swear to God. If someone said, hey, would you pay your hard-earned money to go watch this match? I swear I would. Well, they have devalued Sammy so much. I, love, I mean, he's won two matches on TV. I love both talents, though. Like, I'm entertained by them sure. the very much. No, they could do a lot with these guys. But, yeah, they have devalued Sammy so much. I think this this week they're like, oh, shit, this is a long card that we have. We got to, you know, drop off some of these matches. Because that women's tag match on Raw was mm-hmm. supposed to be at SummerSlam. It wasn't supposed to be an elimination match, but it was supposed to be a four-way uh, so they did that on Raw. They got rid of another one of the expected SummerSlam matches tonight. So, wait, this was supposed to be a SummerSlam match tonight? Yeah. Wow, that's why then they put it on. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. yeah. And Ali, uh, I mean, uh, not Ali, Andrade versus Rey Mysterio was another one that was rumored for SummerSlam that uh, they never went through with. So that's three matches this week that could have been on the SummerSlam Hey, card. did you like Mysterio versus Andrade, uh, Justin? Did you yes, like that match? I did. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I mean Andrade is... I haven't seen a bad match out of the guy. He's that's what everybody says. I really likes that match between the two of them. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know, and then and then moving matches. I, I'm fine with it. I, I would rather them think ahead and say, you know what, let's just you know let's give this match ten or twelve actual minutes on TV, especially if it's just a mid card match. It's not you know it's not a marquee. It's not a feature point to. It's not a feature selling point to right. SummerSlam. I would rather them do that than show up at SummerSlam and either a cut it on the day of. Or B make SummerSlam five and a half hours long. I'm so I'm completely mm-hmm. fine with this. I, I would rather, yeah, yeah. Oh, I would rather. Yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, like you know, Alistair Black. It, I mean, it was a great showing for him. I mean, just his what? finish, the lethal kicks. It's just, God, yeah. he's awesome. I'm, I, I, I kind of wish he was on the SummerSlam card. I mean, you've got nine matches for SummerSlam right now, but you're also going to have a two-hour pre-show. So stuff is still going to get added. So I don't see why they couldn't have just done this on the pre-show. But still. Um, it was good stuff. Alistair Black looked great. Uh, he's a star. I wish they would do more of Sammy. What? This is probably a stupid question, but <clears throat> excuse me. Do you guys know the numbers on how many people watch these? Uh, like, say, the SummerSlam pay per view online. They don't really. They don't release them, do they? You can, if you look on YouTube. I mean, you could get the YouTube numbers and uh, and some of the other like my Facebook. Question, my question is, and they used to say this to us if we didn't make like the pay per view show, right? Right? They like. Dude, more people are watching uh, Thursday night at the time. It was Thursday night SmackDown. I think goes on um, than the pay per view is what like the writers would say to like to cheer you up that you're not on the pay per view. Do you know what I mean? Right. And, and and but the truth was more people were watching our show than actually the actual pay per views. Yeah. Well, back in the day, remember they used to do um, a lot of the the pre-shows on like USA network and things like that, where you would have a lot more people watching cause you got millions as opposed to, you know, the actual pay-per-view itself where you're getting hundreds of thousands. Um, now the extreme rules kickoff last, last month so far has had 1.5 million views on YouTube, but that includes a lot of, you know, international, a lot of people that viewed for two seconds. Um, yeah, it's hard to get, yeah, it's hard to get it. Yeah, and a lot of people like you know <laughs> when I well, a lot of times I'll put it that, on it's just kind of on in the background until we can you, argue that about TV ratings too as long as they put in is it fifteen minutes of watching um, then they count toward they count on the quarter hours yeah right so 
Um, I don't know how much that's changed. I mean, it's, you know, the way that, that Nielsen ranks it, because they, they do track like YouTube TV, Hulu, the streaming services. Yeah. Oh, I never knew that. Yeah, not not YouTube itself, but if you're watching on YouTube TV, I have that right, yeah. and Direct TV now, uh, Nielsen tracks all that. Um, I don't know if they're still using the fifteen, the quarter hour because it's digital. It seems so easy that you wouldn't have to do that. But and DVR numbers too. Yeah, and they count DVR numbers not for the night afters. That's the that's like the plus three hours uh, the night after, I believe, or it's plus seven. So and then the, the, the all the DVR DVR numbers are counted within a few days. Well, isn't that really quick, guys? What, what does the numbers look like on Monday Night Raw after the three-day DVR numbers come in? I think they add like 7%, something like that, 10%. So what's the number become? The rate? So let's say on a given week it does 2.2 million. Um, so you can maybe another couple hundred thousand. Wow. Okay. Now I see why everyone's so alarmed about the ratings. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, let me uh, let me look up the percentage real quick while Justin's going on to the next because uh, I had that somewhere. Well, I'll try to stretch this as long as I can. We go to show people calling you out on Twitter is what you're worried about. <laughs> you don't have to be exact every time. You blame it on me. No, but I don't want to be grossly off either. <laughs> well, they go to Shelton Benjamin backstage, and once again, more of Shelton looking around like crazy. They, they ask if he's ever going to compete for the twenty four seven title, and then he just walk. He goes well, and then he walks off. <laughs> that's pretty much it yeah i gave you the whole recap of that because okay. i don't know where... i don't know what to add to that other than <laughs> shelton benjamin is a stud athlete and looks like a million bucks still and he's older than me didn't they they started this like two months ago didn't they and then just dropped it and then the week before SummerSlam, they bring it up again <laughs> I don't know if it was two months ago, but yeah, it's been going on for a couple weeks at least. Last night, dude, the moral of our show was about like how many people that was WWE going to put on Monday Night Raw to go home and dish it that have absolutely nothing to do with SummerSlam coming up. <laughs> how many people could they put on the show that we're not going to see this upcoming weekend at SummerSlam? It's <laughs> the majority of the show, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. The, the go-home shows are not what they used to be. No. They're, they're not. Tonight... Tonight, we got to give them their props. Tonight, SmackDown felt a little go homey for me. Yeah. A little bit. You know what I mean? I had a little more, I had, sorry, I had a little bit more allure to be drawn in and watch the, the pay per view now on SmackDown side. Yeah. Raj, did you find your numbers you're looking for? I'm still looking, but uh, go on. At least tried. He yeah. tried. He tried. All right. Well, we get a new uh, installment of the Firefly Funhouse. Uh, of course, we saw, <laughs> we saw Bray last night in person. Tonight, just in the Firefly Funhouse, basically just more of the same, teasing that the Fiend uh, will be there and doing the whole let me in gimmick. I, Matt, the most interesting, that's, this might be the thing I'm most looking forward to at SummerSlam is like, I have no doubt that the Fiend's going to go over, but like, what's the entrance like? Yes. Like, what, like, what yeah. do they do? Is it that horror music and he walks out? Do the lights go out and he disappears? Undertaker, like, what is it? I don't know. I am worried they've not figured it out yet. And they're going to do the lights on, lights off. Lights off, lights on, rather. Do you know what I mean? Because you can't well, that. this this seems like it's been pr- like this stuff yeah, with it's been plenty long for them to figure it out by now. Yeah, it seems like it's been pretty calculated. I can't imagine that he that he's gonna not allow them to have like gone through like okay, here's what the for, I mean, the first match back. Here's the entrance. You would, oh, I'm sure he's thrown forty different things at them because he's creative as hell. Yeah, I'm just wondering if they do it. We'll see. I mean, I hope so. <laughs> uh WWE planning isn't we did we ever talk about the Ali match? Yeah. 
I, I kind of coasted by it. I gave it, I gave it three point eight stars. <laughs> but did you see like Ali cuts his promo challenging Ziggler while they're in a commercial? So you see him in the ring cutting a promo on Ziggler and Ziggler accepting and the match starting while they're while the commercial is playing. So you can't even hear it. Um, tonight's yeah. Raw was written hours was rewritten hours before the show went on the air third week in a row at least the third week in a row that that's happened where vince just yeah oh yeah what i say wrong tonight yeah tonight and it's happened last uh the the couple weeks before that i didn't know that yeah so it's really interesting um so just it just seemed like at at times the show just seemed disjointed and the ollie promo was one of them um but yeah it's uh I don't know. It's 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 interesting. I don't know what exactly what Bischoff's role currently is. Um, but it, the you know since he's been there, Vince has been rewriting it. And I know it's rumored that Bischoff isn't involved in the actual creative creative. But um, I don't know. We'll see. I don't know if Vince is just showing Bischoff what he does every week. So uh, how to rewrite a show? But they rewrote it even before um, airtime. It was supposed to be Kofi and uh xavier woods against daniel bryan and rowan and then that was changed to take kofi out of the match as each week goes by it sounds more and more like eric especially more so than than Heyman, is you know the entire everything revolved around the blue brand is ultimately his responsibility down to merchandise down to social media down to how they shoot it tv wise but it doesn't sound it sound but they still have actual head writers that then report to eric eric goes to vince it doesn't sound like eric's as x's and o's who's going over what have you. It sounds like he's just more big picture for the identity. And especially because they're going to Fox, he knows how to deal with suits that are somewhat unfamiliar with the pro wrestling product. And that's what he did, you know, back when he ran nitro. So I don't think he's as X's and O's involved as, as it seems Heyman is on the the week to week here. I mean, the show seems pretty much the same, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, another, I, I stepped, I stepped out of the site, out of the room for this one. I guess Elias and Chad Gable had a backstage interaction. Was there anything of this? Uh, Elias <laughs> talked about how he hates short people. Um, <laughs> Did he really? <laughs> yeah, said Chad Gable looked like a kid. Uh, I mean, that was pretty much it, right? I don't think anything physical. Ha- Again, two guys not on the SummerSlam card. So let's yes, let's build something between them. Yes, you're Do right. Do this it. next week. As you're right, as I, as I read our results on WrestlingInc.com, which people can can enjoy uh, if they want more detail, uh, Elias saw some taking a shot at his height, saying he looks like a child. <laughs> Chad Gable looks. You talk about some people when they cut their hair, just looking completely different. Uh, Chad, he looks completely different. He does look like he's 16. Yeah, he does. And why did they change the look? I mean, he had a pretty good look with the long hair. You know? Because these guys always have these hairbrand ideas that cut these dudes with long hair's hair. I never understood it. Never got it. Yeah. I mean, we've seen Baron Corbin has talked about it over and over, how how long it takes to get approved to, to cut your hair. Well, um, but I get that. I mean, they got, like, posters. Right. And they, got your, they got your face on the side of trucks. They got action figures. I understand that they're, like, no, so, you know. Right. So my point is that this wasn't something that Gable just did on his own. Yeah. You know, it, uh, it, it had to go through the channels, and I don't think it's uh, working for the better for him. Well, what, what makes us think that did he say that he wanted to do it? How do we know the creative didn't tell him to do it? Did oh, he? no, I'm saying creative probably. I mean, whoever came up with it, but they have to get all that stuff approved with the office. Could I mean, you Corbin said he wanted to ch- cut his hair like uh, half a year before he actually did because he had to get all the 
all the different channels approving it, and, and Ben's finally giving his okay. Could you imagine the, the overcrowded writer's room? Everybody's just sitting around, you know, trying to solve the world's problems. And then that one writer who hasn't been saying much at all. He just takes a dart and throws it against the wall and goes, let's cut Chad's hair. Yes. That, <laughs> I swear to you, they did it to Kaz, Kazarian. They tried doing it too. That's why he quit WWE back in the day because um, he wasn't having it at the time. Um, Nova, I remember. Um, tons of guys. Tons of test, Tons of people. Um, a lot of the time it was just because. Just it is- because. It is weird how like sometimes like it, it makes you look far less of a star by how you you know by if you had long cool hair and you cut rock it. Rock star that could kick somebody's ass. I always right. thought I could grow long hair. Oh my god, I would have done it. I just have no shot. Not, help. not to me- not to mention more dudes than not have short conventional yeah, right. hair or are bald versus don't have a superhero kind of look to them. Right. Yeah. Spoken from somebody who. Um, <laughs> all right, so we uh, we get the video package of Orton versus Kofi. Uh, more of the same of what we've seen here, re, you know, reminding us, you know, Kofi once on the rise, held down by Randy Orton. So this, you know, definitely should be a uh, solid match at SummerSlam. Uh, are we doing predictions right now? Are we going to leave that for later? Uh, but I mean, does Randy Orton? I mean, is Kofi holding on to this title? Yes, I, th- I think he is too. Okay. Um, I, I do think this stuff has been great between them. Orton's been on vacation, um, so he hasn't been at the arena, uh, but. Sometimes that's better. I mean, I think these video packages have been great. Uh, So, (laughs) maybe they should just do all video packages for some of these matches. They have this amount of good, uh, you know, video on them, right? Right. Truths to the stories. Yeah, when you have an archive like Kofi and Orton, you know, you can can tell a better story editing a three-minute piece than you can giving them a live promo. Yep. So, all right, so we get to the main event, uh, which is uh, Xavier Woods and Big E versus Brian and Rowan. Uh, solid match here. Big E looks like a star again in his performance. Um, ultimately, it ends in a DQ. Rowan using the steps, but the real hook came after the match. We, sh- we see Roman Reigns. He tells the locker room to clear out, interrogates Buddy Murphy, who he says is in the, on the footage, is, was around, uh, beats him up, interrogates him, and Buddy Murphy gives up Rowan, says he saw Eric Rowan. We see Brian and Rowan, and we go off the air. Tune in Sunday, I guess. <laughs> you say it like that. It sounds terrible. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't fantastic, but um, what do you guys think of him beating up Eddie Murphy and like, roughing him up like that? Did you say Eddie Murphy? Buddy <laughs> Murphy. <laughs> I said Eddie. Uh, I-, I thought that part was, I was just corny. Um you know, they're trying. I remember back when they did the reveal when uh, Shawn Michaels was attacked and it turned out to be Triple H. And, yeah. You know, yeah. And, and they did that zooming in on the camera. I think that would have been way more effective than than the way they did it here. Hmm. I mean, it's but they kinda, gave Buddy something. Right. Yeah. And, and, and Raj, correct me if I'm wrong. There's been a lot of like screen grabs of footage and like we've we've seen an angle where it looks like Rowan's in a hoodie, but we did see an angle where Buddy Murphy was walking with his back away from the camera. So at least they're like, at least like they're putting these like little mysteries, I guess, inside of the video. I don't know. They do, but they don't acknowledge it on TV. You know, <laughs> when where that you got the millions of people watching. Let the internet figure it out for themselves. Right. Again, I feel like you did, there was like two months of stuff you could have gone with the storyline, really made a cool whodunit. That you crammed into seven days, and who, yeah. 
and leading into a pay-per-view where you haven't even announced anything yet. And if you do, it's going to be on the internet, not on TV. So here's a crazy question. Do you not have them wrestle each other at SummerSlam? I, I would almost say no. No, just let it come to the next yeah. you know, SmackDown. Yeah, you could do a, a, a thing where Roman just beats up Rowan or something uh, just to get him on the card. Um, but I, I would say you don't waste it. Um, and definitely don't waste Roman and Daniel Bryan. Because uh, no. that's the, the long-term goal. Yeah. Roman and Daniel Bryan are booked for house shows this fall. Don't waste that yet. Um, yeah. Especially because this would be the first time that Brian and Roman are, are working in this dynamic. You know, yeah. there's a lot, you know, it used to be that Roman was the chosen guy who they're making you want to cheer for, and Brian was the underdog. And now Brian just is he's just this great heel, and Roman's had the most sustained babyface reaction. You know, so it's it's it, this would be a great dynamic. I agree. Don't rush it. And do you think maybe part of the reason that they're not doing Daniel Bryan versus Roman, I. May, this is a conspiracy theory, but the Toronto crowds are a lot like New York, and maybe they felt like Daniel Bryan would get cheered again. Roman would start getting booed, that and Roman's be. been getting cheered since he's been back. So he has. Well, they want to mess it up. I could see that. Yeah, I mean, for sure, absolutely. I mean, that I, ruined his. That I mean, would be a smart decision if they actually thought that much ahead. I'd actually be pretty damn proud of them for that. That's actually really, really intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that wrapped up SmackDown. So uh, overall, there we go. We'll have to keep an eye on see what the numbers do. If they're uh, raw, saw an increase in viewership, a pretty significant increase, I think, this past week. So yeah, it was um, almost seven percent. Right. So we'll see what uh, what the SmackDown does in terms of um, in terms of catching people's attention. Uh, Raj, we going into some news, or what are we doing? Yeah, sure. Let's jump into this news real quick. Uh, real quick, something we hadn't uh, kind of came out right before we were. Uh, before SmackDown went out, is that Rob, Bobby Lashley actually uh, underwent elbow surgery recently, according to the pro wrestling sheet, uh, and is expected to return in November. And Ruby Riot underwent successful surgery today. And, uh, yeah, so she had her second surgery today. So there's a little injury update for those two. All right, keeping also with the news, uh, this was a interesting story today. Kane has been announced he's going to return to the ring later this month, uh, Friday, August 23rd, and then Saturday, August 24th, uh, both in Louisiana. Kane is going to be at the house show, non-televised live event, and he's advertised to face uh, Braun Strowman. So this little random two, the Friday and Saturday non, non-televised event uh, in Louisiana, not even in Tennessee where he's a politician, it's it's it's. Just, I, I don't know if it's to boost ticket sales or what this exactly is here. This is kind of uh, out of nowhere. He's a great company guy. Can't argue that. Oh, absolutely. He really He's always there for that, man. Yeah, Matt, I mean, you're a mayor as well. Uh, could you do... Yeah. Do you think people would look down uh, if you did any uh, matches right now? I see what you're saying. Yeah. Like if TNA called you, Impact called you and said, hey, we, we want you to do, I mean, I could see you doing it for charity and things like that. But if there, yeah, TNA is calling you and saying, we want you to do a couple shots. The only reason I wouldn't is because I want people to know when they vote for me, I'm like legitimately retired, retired. Mm-hmm. Like my Wikipedia page doesn't even have it correct. They called me semi-retired professional wrestler. No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm retired. I have a job. <laughs> somebody, go, somebody go update his Wikipedia right now. The only now. time I come out of wrestling retirement was for charity matches. And like one time, he has an impact to help him out once. But like I said, it's going right back to being retired again. You know what I mean? Like so. Anyways, he's, you can't trust Wikipedia's word for everything. <laughs> the moral of the story. But I, I don't. I I wouldn't because I wouldn't want to confuse voters 
that, hey, you know what, is this guy, is he really serious about this or is he, and your actions in office should speak for themselves that, yeah, you're serious because of the, the, the policies you've created for your city or town or in Glenn's case, his county, not his county. Um, that's what should matter to voters. So I'm sure he's a very intelligent man. So I'm sure he knows his constituents and, and very well and knows them enough to know that they're not going to make a big deal about him going back to wrestling. That's where he came from. That's his bloodline. That's, you know, how he got to be where he's at because he used wrestling as a vehicle, you know, to do a lot of good things through charities. Um, so I, same thing for me, no question. So I don't know. I don't think they look down upon it. I don't. Yeah, so it should be noted that at those shows, um, Seth Rollins is not. I'm, I'm not sure why he's not. He's off that weekend. So, but Kane is only doing those two. He's not doing the Raw event on Sunday. So that's probably part of the reason is you don't have Seth Rollins. Uh, Roman Reigns is on the SmackDown side that weekend. So it's a good dude, man. Glenn's a good dude. See that? Yeah. Well, and you know, one of the constant conversations that comes up every time they do the quarterly meetings to the investors for WWE is the live event decline. And you know, for you know, after the the end of the first quarter, events attributed and used the scapegoat of talent being injured. Um, you know, and it's still declining. So, you know, if you have, we, if we just talked last last night. They just canceled this past weekend right. all the SmackDown shows, Saturday, right. Sunday, and Monday. Three shows. I'd never seen that. Right. Yeah. But I'm what sorry. I'm saying, you know, yeah. But if you have some of these semi-retired part-time legends that can pop a little draw, I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, just, I mean, those are small markets. Lafayette was the second one. The first one's Bossier Bas- City or. Somewhere in Louisiana, I never heard of, but smaller markets. So maybe they feel if this can give a boost to the to those crowds getting to see Kane live, uh, you know, whatever. Future, you know, no question, Hall of Famer. Oh, absolutely. Boston City and Lafayette, yeah. Okay. And and Kane versus Braun has a certain appeal to it, um, may, yeah. and maybe that'll make up for Seth not being there. I don't know how much Seth of a live events draw. I mean, how much of a live events draw Seth is right now? He's some for sure. Monster, that's cool. Yeah, but I mean that probably do, would make up for it in that market. So, so uh, slightly bigger than the Louisiana markets are the uh, two markets that uh, AEW has announced will be their second and third TNT uh, episodes uh, live live episodes from. So we obviously we know they're going to launch their episodes uh, in the first week of October. They're going to be at the Capital One Arena, home of the Capitals in Washington D.C., a big arena. I mean this is I mean this is this is a five tier arena. This is a big one they're uh, they're they're going into. And they've announced that their second week is going to be uh, October 9th. That is going to be airing in Boston. Uh, I don't know how to pronounce the name of the arena, but I believe it's where the Boston University hockey team plays. So it's a. Does it, look, know, does it start with an L? No, it starts with an A. Like Aganis? Aganis, yes. I think that's how you say it. Um, so that's where October 9th is going to be, Aganis Arena in Boston. And then the October 16th episode will be coming from uh, Philadelphia, where Temple University uh, plays. So again, not the. Not not the Wells Fargo Center in Philly where the Flyers and, and WWE runs. Not the TD Garden in Boston where the, the Celtics and Bruins play. But, again, there might be scheduling conflicts. But these arenas still decent size uh, and, and also obviously really good wrestling markets um, in Boston and Philly. So a uh, pretty, pr- uh, pretty ballsy start for AEW that they're hitting the big towns making it yeah. count. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, Boston at capacity, that's about 7,000 seats um, in in Philadelphia, right? Is the second. Yeah. The like Caris Center. I, I can't announce yeah. these arenas. That's yeah. the one I was trying to say earlier. Yeah. Yeah. For, yeah. for Temple, please. 
so that's about 10,000 seats. So with production and everything, you're probably looking at 4,500 for Boston, uh, probably like 7,000 for, for Philly. So, um, cause you're, you're assuming like there's about 2000 to 3000, you break away f- to create the stage and all that other crap. Right. Right. Yeah. So like this, this upcoming one in DC, that's, sh- that holds like 18,000, but with yeah, the stage yeah, and everything, yeah. it's going to be 14. Yeah. And they, yeah, they've sold, they sold, they put 10,000 initially for DC. They sold it out and then they're going to add some more once they get closer to the production, which that makes sense. Again, WWE does the same thing, especially for AEW. This is their first TV. They want to make sure they're consistent with how their staging looks. So yeah, they're, they're going to have to figure out how many more thousands can they open up. And I'm, and I'm sure they're not going to have any problems selling them because as, as we get closer, the anticipation will be built. Dude, they, stage is paramount. That's what everyone on TV is going to see. I would argue it's much more important to thing look good than, than bringing in extra 1,500 fans or 2,000 fans yeah, in the long run. Yeah, and, and and Justin, to your point, they actually opened a bunch of those up this week. Uh, they opened uh, a few thousand t- tickets up yesterday. So, somebody wanted BTE. That's where I learned it. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if they're if they're still available or not, but um, yeah, it, well, it'll be interesting to see because the what yeah. we've seen with AEW is the first the special stuff sells out. Um, and now week three will be interesting, right? Um, yes. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's in October. October's going to be a big month. As we talked about this. Uh, AEW starts their TV the same week. SmackDown moves to Fox. Uh, Fox Sports Senior Vice President of Sales, Mark Evans, he recently uh, did an interview with The Big Lead. Uh, he's talking about changes to Fox Sports, talking about them getting back into hockey, talking about expanding their football coverage. But obviously for our purposes, uh, one of the most interesting things was he talked about WWE. Um you know, one quote that he gave was, uh, we feel how we're going to present and how we're going to promote WWE is going to inject it with such a new life. Um, it's going to be a home run for us. And that was his response basically after being presented with the, the, the question of, you know, what do you have to say about WWE's declining ratings? So he, you know, the SmackDown or the, uh, the Fox stance is this is going to be a whole different looking SmackDown. Don't worry about these ratings right now. We're going to we're going to we're going to bring it back to life. Uh, what do you guys make of these? What was his answer declining to NFL ratings in the past and things like that? Like, NFL ratings are in the crapper. So NFL did drop a lot uh, that year where, um, you know, you had the controversies and things like that. But they went up the last two years. Yeah, when you're a big network like that, you think you could turn everything around. That's why you get into bed with some of these business, these you know, these brands, because you're going to do it better. It's going to be different on your network. And they should be that way. I would if I had my own network. Yeah, I mean, I was looking at the numbers with, for SmackDown since 2015, and it was actually on the rise by the time Fox signed the deal. Like, it had been going up each year because, like, yeah, yeah they, they went live, they did all this. Sure. The year they signed with Fox, they dropped, uh, it was like 7%, I believe, and then the last year they dropped uh, 15 So the, the drop is huge. It's, it's way more than what cable TV does. But um, if Fox says uh, they're going to present it differently, I mean, I'm... I'm looking forward to it, but again, the creative. I mean, I don't know how they're going to do it differently. Just for the record, I'm hoping to see that. Yeah, I mean, camera angles and things like that are one thing, but when you got some of these promos and, and I mean, unless they start fixing that and making that stuff more realistic and and, and yes. just more relatable. Yes. The things I'm curious about is I think about Alistair Black tonight, and I and here's what I wonder. You know, Fox is talking about they they want to present it more sport, and I think about, okay, Fox is in more homes in USA. Fox already has MMA people who watch. 
I can't figure out what the reaction would be because on the one hand you have Alistair Black. This is a very entertainment, very gimmicky gimmick. Thank you, perfect word, gimmicky entrance. But then you watch that final thirty second sequence of his match with Sami Zayn. If if you're a casual MMA person and you see this guy doing a a roundhouse kick, you're drawn in. You're like, and and the guy looks like a badass. That draws a sport in you. So I'll be really curious to see how this the the, the, where the balance is. That is. The entire what you just said right there is literally the bait on the fishing pole from Fox and throwing it out into the water of those MMA fans, the basketball fans, the football fans, um, uh, just normal general TV sitcom shows fans. You name it, the wide demographic and seeing what they think they can pull in from that because they think they can. Because the WWE is, when you really think about it, it is a three ring circus. It is a very wide spectrum of comedy, sports. This, that, and I know they say they want to present it more in a sports form. I, I'll believe that part when I see it. Sure. And wrestling has always well, done its best when you've had larger than life characters and superstars and yes. you know, your Goldbergs and Hogan's and Rock and Stone yeah. Cold. Um, well, I, so. spent about fi- I spent about 15 minutes last night talking with Jerry McDivitt, who is WWE and Vince McMahon's longtime lawyer. And, uh, you know, and, and he said what I've heard before. He, you know, he's him, you know, he's obviously. He's gonna he's gonna speak for the company. He's you know he's he says him and the company they're very excited about the fact of how how many more households Fox is in. They really feel that they're going to tap in to a new to a new to a new 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 set of audience members. So I mean that, again, it's make, it makes me wonder like how somebody like an Alistair Black gonna be received. So well, they are going to be in thirty percent more households. On but Friday that drop alone in the past has been like twenty percent. So they're still going to get a bump. But we've seen this with the Raw reunion, uh, with Raw twenty five. They get all these people back, right? For that one week, they tune in, check out the product, and don't come back. Well, isn't you need it, to keep these? You need to keep these fans. Isn't it like why these writers need to be taking the way, the task way more than they than they are? It's always a wrestler's fault. It's always an Eric. Well, in this case, Eric Bischoff or now Paul Heyman's fault. It, it always is theirs. It's never the actual writer's fault, ever. And, and that's the only thing I've not seen in this formula that's changed you guys over the years. Mm-hmm. I'm being serious. Well, isn't like the third SmackDown on Fox isn't it being preemptive because of the World Series? Yep. So, man, right there, that's kind of a little bit ahead of the momentum. You get two live shows and you go to a preempted show. Right. But they might do it that week on FS1 or something. So, no, that's true. And that's the only week of the year that it'll be preempted. They, it was known going in. Okay. Uh, and finally, sticking with SmackDown news, uh, when SmackDown does, uh, obviously things do change, and they have live TV on Friday. Uh, they also are the Wrestling Observer Radio. Um, talk about uh, him and W Insider talking about it. It's going to be a, still a four-day SmackDown touring schedule. Now, as Raj talked about earlier, we've seen SmackDown live events be canceled, but supposedly they're going to try to aim to still do a four-day touring schedule as Raw and SmackDown do now. The difference will be SmackDown's touring dates will become uh, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and Sunday, if there's no pay per view, uh, that's different. Obviously, right now it goes uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. So it's going to switch the off days for for the talent. Uh, and then, never mind that that that's assuming that's assuming they actually keep the brands separate. But if they try to keep pulling guys from SmackDown over to Raw, you're talking about a guys having to work Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and oh, maybe have to go to Monday TV. So uh, who knows? So, so PW Insider had actually first reported that SmackDown was doing Friday to uh, Friday to Sunday, and so that would be three days, and then uh, the the Raw would be four, which that didn't make sense. And then the Observer was saying they were actually both going to be four. Now, to me, 
I don't think those Thursday shows are going to draw. And we've seen the drops in live live events. It makes more sense to just do Friday to Sunday for SmackDown and and Saturday to Monday for Raw. Give these guys an extra day off a week. These shows aren't drawing. They're making the company look bad because of the drops in, in live event attendance. Um, they just switched to a three-day touring schedule. So, I mean, that... Uh, Hey, Matt, when you when you're flying out, uh, like for, when these guys are flying out for SmackDown on Friday, do they have to fly out on Thursday, or do they have to, to make sure they're there on time for Friday TV? Morning. Friday morning. Yeah, Friday morning. Oh, TV being Friday. Yeah. Yeah, Thursday night. Yeah, and then the guys on Raw are flying out on Tuesday, obviously. So I take that back. No, Friday morning because you're there all day. You get you get to the arena at twelve o'clock generally. And most people can do that once you fly in, take your rental car, get over there to the arena. And uh, but they're early flights. They get them in there like at seven, eight a.m. Mm-hmm. Get them, go to the gym, go right to the arena at twelve o'clock, one o'clock, which is stupid. Show don't start till nighttime. Yeah. So these wrestlers walk around backstage all day, going over their promos fifty-five thousand times, and that's why the promos stink because they're robotic. By the time it times come to film it, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, camera, red light on. Go. Setting your match versus Seth Rollins, and I go. And then yeah. react. I would love it. I would love it if, it if there was more spontaneity in those, because they're hard to relate to. Yeah. Well, again, we keep hearing that things are going to change come October with the move, at least with SmackDown. So we'll see. We'll see how long a four-day torrent schedule sticks. We'll see how long the formula sticks with the robotic promos and such. So. Uh, It'll be an interesting fall, that's for sure. Raj, we got anything else? Uh, no, I know you and Nick are going to give your SummerSlam uh, predictions on Thursday, right? Thursday, yep, Thursday. And me and Matt uh, and Glenn will be back on Saturday for Takeover. We'll probably go over our summer. Yeah. We'll do our SummerSlam predictions after that. So yeah, Takeover will be back on Saturday, uh, back on Sunday for SummerSlam, uh, Monday Raw, Tuesday SmackDown. Justin's back on Wednesday and Thursday for the Winkly with Nick Hausman. That's only available on our audio channel, so make sure you subscribe on uh, our audio channel. Yeah, Wrestling Inc. and a double dose of today. Yeah. All right. Raj, anything else to plug? Uh, I think that's it. I'm assuming you said my name. Uh, Twitter and Instagram at BP Memory. <laughs> yes, I said your name. All right, I'm at Justin Labar. Check me out on Instagram, Twitter. Uh, I'll be back, like I said, tomorrow on the Winkly. In the afternoon, the audio garage mentioned myself and Cal has been talking the news tomorrow. And then Thursday, we'll make our predictions for something. I'll tell you how I'm going to Rumble.com, making all the predictions. For Raj, for Matt, I'm Justin. See you tomorrow. <laughs>